Hi, this is Joe Hackman with the Manufacturing Advocates Podcast. Today, I'm going to be speaking with John Dunn, who's the project director at the American Apprenticeship Initiative, Economic and Workforce Development at American River College. What does all that mean, John? Tell me a little bit about yourself and what you're doing here. Well, the quick answer means I'm the project director for a $5 million grant from the Department of Labor that was released a little bit over a year ago. Uh, the main goal is to create new apprenticeship programs in manufacturing. At least our, our grant is. The The overall grant was $176 million nationwide in multiple industries, healthcare, manufacturing, um, pre-apprenticeship, things like that. So I'm, cool. the, I'm the director here for this particular so, project. So who secured the grant? How'd they, how'd they make that happen? Uh, American River College partnered with a grant writer and with Sierra College in our area, Yuba College, and College of the Siskiyous up in Weed, uh, north of Shasta, to put this grant together about two years ago now at this point when they wrote it, um, knowing that uh, we really didn't have any apprenticeship programs in the area in manufacturing, and this was a way to help our local employers um, create new training programs and and upskill existing employees or new employees. Cool. So how do apprenticeship programs work? Why are they effective? That's an even longer answer. Uh, An apprenticeship program at the base level requires uh, a certain amount of on-the-job training uh, at least one year with uh, 144 hours of classroom instruction um, generally. That's that's the rough outline for a single one-year apprenticeship. The really, the, the basic understanding of an apprenticeship though is that you combine on-the-job learning on-the-job training with classroom instruction to create a a deeper understanding of the skills that you're trying to train someone for rather than just going to school leaving school and then getting a job you combine the two um, you're able to earn while you learn that's a phrase that you'll hear a lot about apprenticeship Mm -hmm. Um, an apprenticeship program in the building trades which is where we see most of the apprenticeship programs right now although that's the reason for this grant is to expand on that Uh, in the building trades generally they will go to school uh, for at night maybe twice a week or on weekends but during the week they're working you know full time Hmm. uh, depending on the economy Um, and they leave with an apprenticeship certificate, a completion certificate that's recognized by the federal government and the state government in California, um, and generally with no debt, no student debt. Wow. So that's that's the difference between our typical way of educating someone and then creating, getting into a career and an apprenticeship where you combine on-the-job training and classroom instruction. So. Yeah. So so um, yeah, that's that's. Uh... You hear a lot of um, concerns about the rising cost of education, things like that. So people who are coming through this program, what types of trades are you focusing on? What types of trades will they be learning about and ready to perform when they're done? Well, the initial focus of the grant was on welding. <clears throat> and at least for American River College and Consumers River College within our community college district, and the reason for that was that Siemens in South Sacramento is one of our big partners, and they need, and they are currently looking for more, they need welders to, mm. to weld the, um, they manufacture the light rail cars all for, for contracts all around Northern, North, uh, North America. Okay. So their main need is welding. We have good welding programs at American River College and Casunas River College, so the focus there was on welders. Mm-hmm. Um, since 
the grant came through, we've expanded that to include, um, uh, we haven't quite got there yet to, to include machining, CNC machining, uh, metal fabrication. Uh, we're looking at um, assemblers, uh, and, and depending on the assembly that's being done, but someone who puts something together, entry-level machine operators, uh, because the more that we've talked to local employers in the region, um, we have a really diverse manufacturing community in the area, and they have lots of different occupations that they need to train for. So mm-hmm. uh, we're open to expanding beyond welding for sure. We have 16 occupations already approved, and we're looking to find employers that want to place apprentices or train existing employees in that area. That's great. So what would um, an employer's cost be to do one of these apprenticeships versus maybe bringing somebody in and having to teach them themselves and just kind of bring them through the system? Right now, there's no cost to the employer. Um, and depending on how we set things up, there are potential employer incentives uh, through our grant and through some state funding that's also out there. Uh, to Because starting something new and doing some training for an employer does require at least some time, on the time commitment on their part, mm-hmm. to sit down with us, sit down with our Department of Labor rep, go over the standards, go over the requirements that the employer, because this is employer-focused, what does the employer need um, to have a skilled worker. So mm-hmm. there is some time involved. Um, the grant allows us to hire additional staff to take care of some of the paperwork that normally might be uh, required by the, to, for the employer to do. Hmm. Um, and essentially, we're, we're going we're gonna to walk them through it and we're going to support the employer if they have questions. If um, What we're finding is, is in, in some areas, there's no existing... Um, culture of mentoring perhaps on it hmm. because uh, in an, in an apprenticeship program, you have an experienced employee that mentors the the new employee and some places just that that doesn't happen very much. So we're willing to also come in and train your existing employees to be good mentors. Wow. And that creates a better connection, a better learning environment because there are certain ways to mentor someone and we're, we're able to, to do that training too. Wow. That's pretty cool. That's very, that's a very compelling uh, we're trying. That's uh, what we think. We think it is too. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So, what's the what's the feedback been like from the community here? What? How are the manufacturers in the area uh, responding to this? Are they are they stepping up to participate? Yeah, there, we we haven't signed anybody on specifically yet in in the Sacramento region. We have a few partners down in the Fresno area that have jumped in in the food processing area, uh, mainly in. Um, you know, form uh, form makers, uh, machining. Um, in the Sacramento region, we've got a lot of really good feedback, and we're just working through some of the, the the details now to figure out how best to support these employers. Um, some of them slowed down a little bit, so they didn't really need the training, and we found that was a bit of a stumble. But um, we've got a couple that are about to sign. I'm not going to say who they are until they actually sign on the dotted line. <laughs> um, and they're big employers in the Sacramento area that that need um, maintenance mechanics or industrial maintenance uh, uh, electricians, folks like that in the, in the food processing industry because that's manufacturing also. You might be manufacturing peaches or right. you know tomato paste, whatever the heck it is. You're still creating a product, and there are needs within that industry – um, a lot of folks are retiring, so that's we're we're getting a lot of good feedback, and we're about to uh, push the rock over the edge and and get some momentum. I think good. Well, that's exciting. So, what are some of the 
so obviously you have the programs at the colleges and um, and you have the actual facilities. Is there any other need? Is there any other things you're going to have to create in order to put this together? I mean, you know, machining, CNC machining, things like that is, it's a fairly, there's a lot of hardware involved yes. with that. So w- what do you guys need to do? Do you have the infrastructure for that? Or are you looking to add it? Um, so we have, uh, because we've kind of gone down that road in Sacramento, after talking to all the employers in the area, Yuba College has a very good machining program and welding and fabricating, um, but they're 35, 40 minutes, 45 minutes north of here. Um, Delta College in Stockton has a pretty good program too. Uh, same thing though, distance-wise. So in the Sacramento area, we determined that we really don't have the equipment or the space yet to mm. do that kind of training. So we're using other state funding from the California Community College Chancellor's Office called Strong Workforce Funding. Uh, we're leveraging that. We're partnering. Um, there's other funding out there from the from the state level to inc- improve career technical education at community colleges as well as in the, the local K-12 area. Um, so we're looking at creating um, – Another another location, not just at American River College, because we're we're pretty full here, to expand and create a a manufacturing innovation center of some sort that includes three D printing, um, uh, machining, welding, fabricating, non destructive testing, uh, all the things that we're hearing from employers, and this kind of a center may include even a um, uh, an entrepreneurial piece hmm. to allow people similar to the Hacker Lab in, in a, as a space. But to to partner with Hacker Labs or with makerspaces to now then provide training for an employer or someone who's coming up with a new product to expand it or do a prototype, something like that. So we're, we're really interested in creating a, a bigger area that allows us to expand our career tech ed offerings and bring in some machining and CNC because we just don't even have the equipment at the college level mm-hmm. in the area. So, So one of the things... <clears throat> through this, um, the interviews and whatnot, um, I've learned that there's a lot of people that really understand the importance of manufacturing. They understand the benefit to the economy. They understand that manufacturing is better if you cluster it. Yeah. If you're just like one plant, you know, or one little shop sitting in the middle of nowhere, it, it's not the same as when you can get big groups of them together and bring them in. So we hear constantly, though, how there's so many regulatory challenges in the state. So it's very, um, it's probably very interesting for some people to hear that on the education side, that so much work is being done to try to improve the prospects for manufacturing, trying to bring it back, trying to bring it into the area, expand upon it, provide a workforce for it. Um, You know, what are your what are your thoughts on that? Is this something when you started down this road was was the regulatory aspects of it ever a consideration was anybody ever talking about that was that something that or is that something you guys just kind of well you know that's one problem we're just going to focus on this this one problem here no we it's in it's it's not the the main focus because we're talking about training so a lot of our regulatory thought is around education code or labor code perhaps because it's an apprenticeship program and and the apprenticeship program regulations are loaded up inside labor code for the state and for the feds. 
But as you go out and talk to employers, you start hearing things. Um, I even talk to an, an auto shop here in town that wants to do an apprenticeship, and it may not fit with manufacturing, but he explained to me some some really interesting and perhaps old and dusty regulations that would limit him from creating an apprenticeship. Hmm. And it had to do with just the toolboxes. If an, and if an employee comes to him with their own tools, he has to pay them at a certain rate. If they come in without their own tools and use his tools, he can pay them at a lower rate. And and I'm sure at some point in time there was a really good reason for that regulation to be there, but it it limits us. When we set up an apprenticeship, you're probably going to bring in someone who um, is going to build their own tools over the time of the apprenticeship. So at what – and we don't want to get the employer in trouble by at some point now they have their own tools and, and – so it was an interesting conversation. So we're, we're open to listening to that because the federal government and the state government are very interested in, in increasing the number of apprenticeship programs in non-traditional areas outside of the building trades because everybody recognizes that this is a quality way of training someone. And if we can leverage the state and federal uh, bureaucracy to make changes to, to legislation and to labor code and ed code and, and whatever code it may be, because they're interested, this is the, the perfect time to try to do that. So if, if there are employers that have interesting old um, rules that they need to follow that get in the way of an apprenticeship, we actually have a connection back to you know the, the lawmaker side, the legislative side, to maybe we can make that change. Wow. And, and if it's a common sense, then we should just do that. Um, yeah. We're connected pretty well with our local Congress uh, people, with uh, Congresswoman Matsui's office, Congresswoman Barra's office. Um, I had a chance to meet with Congressman um, Garamendi when I was in Washington, D.C. a couple weeks ago for our grant meetings. Um, and then also Congressman McNerney, a little bit further south in the Lodi-Stockton area, because all four of them are very interested in workforce development and this is kind of a bipartisan issue is, mm-hmm. is workforce training and apprenticeship. So um, it's some place where everybody I think can find a happy medium to communicate and cooperate. And if there's a, if there's uh, laws that need to be changed or adjusted or um, fixed, I think this is the greatest time right now to, to try to do that. I think so. Yeah. There's definitely, um, you know, it's, it's a lot more discussion going on about, the importance of, uh, you know, manufacturing jobs and mm-hmm. making things here and uh, things like that. In terms of viability for people who are entering into these programs, do you evaluate the compensation levels um, in addition to the need, the the end, end game, if you will, the compensation levels that are anticipated and sort of see where they stand versus typical things for a four-year type degree that that sort of thing. Do you have a comparison? Um, we kind of let the the local economy deal with that. That's because it's less expensive here than in the Bay Area. Sure. And, and so, if it's an entry level machine operator type position, that's there's probably a range in the area that that'll fit. And what we do look for is is a way for that person. If if we're going to train at an entry level job, are there places for them to move up in the in the within that organization or maybe someplace else, but let's give them a good foundation of manufacturing, understanding manufacturing mm-hmm. so that w- when they achieve uh, a, a high level of proficiency as that machine operator, can they move up into something else? And, and, and actually one of our partners that hopefully will get signed up pretty soon 
that's where they're drawing from. They want to create industrial mechanics or maintenance mechanics hmm. and bring them out of their existing workforce in the operators area, machine operators area, because those folks have been working for that company for a while and they know who they are. They, they like them and they want to move the best ones up into a new position with a be- much better wage scale, actually. So Wow. So there's, of course, uh, well, not of course, there is upward mobility potential even after the these enter entry points for these jobs there's a that's the, career that's available that's the goal because it when you finish an apprenticeship you receive a uh, nationally recognized certificate of, of completion mm-hmm. that's that has at least some standards and some formality attached to it similar to a community college certificate uh, depending on the apprenticeship program it could equal you know in terms of time and classroom instruction anywhere from an associate's degree even to a bachelor's degree. Because uh, if you're going to become a high-end machinist, you're going to take enough schooling and enough time that uh, in practice that may equal even what the, the type of work that you and I did getting a bachelor's degree. You know, Some folks might even study more than I did. Hmm. Probably will. That's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of um, – let's talk a little bit of, uh, more about the employer's so your engagement with the employers, is is that on a one-to-one basis? Have you guys um, brought groups together and had discussions? Both, really. Both. <clears throat> so, it, yeah, we, we've brought them in together with uh, one of our partners is Valley Vision in the area, uh, the Society of Mechanical Engineers, your folks. Uh, mm-hmm. We've done a few things, you know, trying to get some people together. Uh, we've had an event at McClellan Park. They brought in some of their local employers uh, at the park and just out, outside the park and had some good feedback there. Hmm. That was a very diverse group of employers, actually. it was. Uh, we probably heard about 15 different occupations out of 20 people there. Wow. Um, which kind of makes your head spin when you're trying to figure out training programs and 15 of them pop up and you may have classrooms or you know courses at your colleges that only fit two or three of them. Yeah. Um, and that's actually not a problem. We This grant allows us a lot of flexibility to create, you know, new training programs, bring in instructors, things like that. So if we see an opportunity and enough employers that want to participate with an occupation that we haven't picked up yet, we do that. And then we just – we have other employers that we've worked with in the past and word of mouth is coming up. So it's we're getting a lot of good momentum right now. Dare I say, it almost sounds a little entrepreneurial. It's very – who knew that I'd turn into a salesman after uh, being in education so long? So, Well, it's it's fascinating to me, and I think it's a really positive development to see this type of entrepreneurial spirit, creativity, innovative, you know, trying to come at a problem from multiple directions, mm-hmm. not necessarily going, okay, wood shop is where it's at. You know, metal shop is where it's at. This is it. This is what we're going to do. Um, I really like the fact that you guys are – um, looking at this from a broader perspective and really responding to what the marketplace indicates. Have you, um, has anybody, I th- I think I recall, but maybe maybe I'm mistaken, has anybody done research about the jobs that are currently available and not always filled in the area? And- yes. A um, couple different groups. So Valley Vision did a big um, research study with Sierra College and American River College. It was a regional study. Um, it's actually right behind you, but I can't reach it from here. <laughs> That's good radio right now. Good podcast visual effects. Um, but it, the uh, 
Valley Vision put that together last year. Uh, it's called the Next Economy Cluster Research Workforce Needs Assessment in the Cap- Sacramento Capital Region. So it's um, it's from our Centers of Excellence, which is a community college of California uh, group, along with Valley Vision and some other folks. And they looked at multiple industries, but one of them was manufacturing. And to look at the the next 10 years of what we need and how many people are going to retire, how much growth are we going to see, we hope, um, in these different industries. And, and they found um, that within manufacturing, there's an awful lot of potential in the Sacramento region, just as it sits right now, if we're able to build some uh, this innovation training center or any any kind of new training uh, opportunity, I think we have a, a chance to bring in new employers from the Bay Area or from outside of California to the Sacramento region because we have a we have several good high quality um, school districts in the area at the K twelve mm-hmm. level. Um, I came out of that. I was a high school teacher for ten years, hmm. so I I try to make sure we we keep that connection in that pipeline. There's some really high quality schools in the area that. And that's why people move here. Now, if we can bring more industry and more manufacturing to the area, we we can sell that to those employers and say, we have a good foundation already. We're building an innovation center um, with industry input. We're not just making it up as we go. We're going to get good industry input as to what we should do. So bring your company here. Park it here. The economy's pretty good. Uh, housing is much less expensive than the Bay Area. You can live in a nice house and afford it. And your kids can go to good schools. So, yes, we're trying all that. Yeah, that's that's good. I mean, without the with data, the, with without the da- data to back it up, it's I, I I think it was just kind of a foregone conclusion that that was the answer. But I wanted to know, and I wanted to get more details for anybody who happened to be listening. So, I'm a, you know great podcast radio here. I'm actually holding this next um, economy cluster research, and there's a whole section. Uh, on advanced manufacturing and I was flipping through here and looking at some of the figures and it's always interesting to see where with manufacturing where the compensation uh, and economic impact uh, sit Um, I didn't get too deep of a dive in there but um, you tend to find that manufacturing tends to sit pretty much at the top of the heap And um, that's something that I don't think that the average person, if you were to poll a million people in America, I bet you um, maybe 5% of them might pick manufacturing over yeah. one of the IT or uh, one of the other And it's not sections. just in the professional, the folks with professional degrees. It's those, the technicians, the people that are doing the, the real work every day. Um, that's a high skill level job. And if we can support that and make them even more better skilled, if that's the right way to say that, more efficient, more productive, um, and and so that they're able to complete, you know, 10% more work in a day with maybe uh, with less effort. And uh, if we can do that through training and through an apprenticeship program, that makes it better for everyone. So, Very good. So what are some of your, your next steps? What's... Uh... What are the next steps for you guys to push this forward? Obviously, it looks like some things are starting to happen now. Uh, so what do you see the next six months to a year looking like? What are some of your goals? Uh, we're going to focus uh, on a couple things. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, one of them is that it is this innovation center, whatever it ends up being called. 
um, to focus on high-end CNC machining, uh, fabrication, uh, non-destructive testing, things like that. Because we have some non-destructive testing already being done in our welding department here. Um, the next piece is to to go back and refocus on our strengths, with which is welding in our fabrication area, and reach out to a lot of the local employers. We did a, a review the other day. We've identified about 70 employers that we're going to reach out to and invite to uh, just come over here, look at our, our existing training at American River College and Kasumnas River College, and explain to them what the benefit of an apprenticeship is. Perhaps they hire out of our programs with an experienced welder that comes from the programs. Perhaps they take an existing employee that what they want to send back to school and we can create an apprenticeship program where they, they're already working and that's fine. That's the best way to do it. You already know who that employer is or the, the employee is. Send them back here, take a few classes at, at the community college, get a certificate and, and they'll become a more efficient, more productive employee. And also find out, um, can we create some new programs where if we identify some, some high level high school students that are just graduating, um, that these employers may want to hire on at minimum wage or a little bit more because maybe they're still living at home. They can afford that. But part of their employment agreement is this apprenticeship program where they go to American River College or Kasumnas River College or Sierra College uh, locally here, and they take a, a series of courses. And over time during their apprenticeship program, they they make a little bit more money every six months if they if they pass all their classes. Uh, they get a raise. Um, you know, we can we can actually help them offset the the cost of their courses too. So, hmm. um, one of the neat things that we want to do with the employers is let them know that there's a value added to this. A lot of employers don't track the on the job training piece of an apprenticeship. They just when somebody gets hired, they just come in and we figure it out. You know, mm-hmm. but we also bought a an app, some software <clears throat> in the cloud. So it's not real software, I guess. Some some guys coding it. And it's called Work Hands. And uh, some apprenticeship programs were already using this uh, in Northern California. And so we purchased this. And essentially what it does is we sit down with the employer and we ask them, what are the skills that your new employee, new apprentice, existing employee needs to learn while on the job to, to get better? Hmm. And we call them work processes. You can call them learning outcomes. You can call them whatever you want. But it's a much more focused and formalized view of on-the-job training. And what this app does is we we put in all of those skills and those goals and and put in how many how many hours should this person do this particular job over the next year. And the apprentice is responsible for keeping track of their hours, just like a timesheet. Hmm. But it's more specific to I spent an hour and a half on this today and I spent an hour and a half on that. Um, you know, I, I, I did go around and pick up shavings for <laughs> a half an hour. That's okay. That happens in a shop. Um, but that's part of your process, part of your learning. But over time, they, they, they produce an actual portfolio of on-the-job training work, and hmm. it's easy to see. And when they finish their, you know, they, when they punch in their, their work for the end of the week, it goes to the supervisor, whoever it may be, the mentor, and they check yes or no, yes. This person did all these things, or no, you know what? I don't know if they got to all those, so let's check it out. Hmm. And then the owner of the company, or an apprenticeship supervisor at the college, or whomever can, if we if we want to give them access to that, they can help track that that apprentice. So 
that's another value that we can add that doesn't cost the the employer anything, but also starts to allow them to maybe make a be a more efficient employer and and recognize you know this person's been doing this for three straight weeks. We need to rotate them over here to this other job so they can get a better grasp of the whole operation. So it's right. up to the employer there. That's pretty neat. And now is that um, is there any interface with the instructor of the program with that software, or is this just done with the employer? It's just with the employer, but <laughs> I can see, and it, we, we also have work experience education credits here on campus, mm-hmm. and, and we would probably enroll that person in this work experience you know, units so they could get some elective units at the college also. And that's a, once you have that portfolio, you know, if you leave here and you have to move to Stockton or, you know, to Fresno or LA, that's portable. You get to take that with you. So when you walk into the next employer, you can say, look, I was in in an apprenticeship program up north in this particular occupation, whatever it may be. And here's all the stuff I did. Wow. And that employer, that helps the employer down south too, to find a better employee. So As this goes and we create a better network and and more people buy into this, it it helps everyone. I think. Yeah. So I'm a bit of an advocate. That that sounds like a really a really smart move in implementing that piece. So it's worth the money. Yeah. Don't let it go to your head though. No, no, no. no I'm just Not my money. <laughs> just kidding. So let's talk a little bit more about the um, challenges with welding. Um, how rapidly is is welding changing and how relevant is the knowledge that somebody comes out if somebody comes through the, the this program for welding is that's is that knowledge going to be universally applied to any welding job for the rest of their career very good question i'm not a welding guy but i am a woodshop guy or i was um i think yes but I have to really rely on our welding instructors. We've got very good instructors here on campus. Um, they focus most of their work on American Welding Society certifications. I believe at least two or three of them are certified welding inspectors. Hmm. So everything they do is is aimed at an industry-recognized certification. Um, as the economy changes or the manufacturers change or the needs change, our, our folks – are actually working in the in the industry at the same time, so mm. they're 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 in contact with what's happening out in the industry, and part of at a community college you have to have industry backup and you have to have a meeting at least once or twice a year to talk to local in, employers to find out if you're still doing what you should be doing. So, okay, um, yes, is the short answer. After yeah, I, answer. I think it is. Yeah, if you you guys are following AWS, mm-hmm. that's a comprehensive. It's amazing. I had no idea they even existed until yeah. eight months ago. And then it makes me want to learn how to weld. I haven't had a chance yeah. to go over there. They've told me to come and take the class, but I haven't had a chance to take yeah, it. Yet. You need to. I do. Right? Sounds like fun. <laughs> so um, I was going to ask you more about um, sort of those emerging, uh, emerging programs. Is there anything specific that's sort of come up recently that you think has a lot of potential? that might be an area that you guys might want to focus on creating something for? Yeah, it's the, well, within, within the food processing area um, is something we stumbled across uh, through some other connections I have down in the Fresno Madera area and, and Lodi and, and Stockton with the wineries. Um, we have so much food production in California. We, I mean, we grow everything and we produce everything and it has to be local. 
Hmm. Almost every employer we've talked to in that space uh, needs industrial mechanics, hmm. the people to keep the machinery running. And that is a, a high skill level. It's a person that needs to troubleshoot electronics. They need to troubleshoot hydraulics. They need to troubleshoot um, PLCs. Wow. Um, it's, it's, it's something that when I was teaching high school, you would have kids that were super smart and super bored because <laughs> they just weren't getting challenged anymore. They were at the end of their high school career. And this is something that, you know, uh, I have, I, I think I have ADD and my wife would say I do, I'm sure. Self-diagnosed. Self-diagnosed. <laughs> um, this is the type of job that's different every single day. Mm-hmm. And nobody knows about that job until you get into the middle of that 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 industry, and it pays very well because it's super important. It has, mm-hmm. You have to keep the machinery running. When you've got tomato paste stacking up, it's got to get into a can, and if the machinery stops, that stuff goes bad, and now you have to dump it, and you have to deal with you know the 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 waste of the dump and everything else. Mm-hmm. So. Um, that's a space that we're looking to get into because we don't have any specific training for that at our community colleges. Consumer Service College is thinking about it and trying to figure out how they can mix that into their current current offerings. The cool part about this grant is if we recognize a need, we can create something ahead of time and just, just go do it while the college picks up and, and puts it into their catalog and you know, things like that. Cool. So. I know that Yuba College, one of our partners, uh, works with a couple uh, big uh, producers up in their area to do you know short-term training, and so we're hoping to mix that in and make it create an apprenticeship out of that. Um, but the my buddies in Fresno uh, at State Center uh, Community College District, they there's more of that down that way. They've created a couple programs that we're going to try to uh, partner with. Hmm. Um, Modesto Junior College does this a little bit already, but but even the community colleges are still catching up to that, I think. So, okay. Because I think a lot of those people in those jobs have been there for 20 or 30 years, and they're right. going to retire now. Yep. So, um, And they need- probably learned the different disciplines over five years, 10 years. Yeah. yeah from, they, from somebody else. They know where everything is. They on know the where job. The, you know, some of these places are 40 years old, mm-hmm. but they have a, a, a 20-year-old annex and a 10-year-old chunk stuck onto it. So you've got mm. different layers within a building, mm. and one person knows how that works. So we need to transfer that knowledge to the to the new generation coming in. So, I, I learned something this week about food processing. I learned that it has a very high direct output to the local economy. Oh, man. It's unbelievable. It's, Just, ex- it's extremely high. We had an opportunity to visit a very large winery in Lodi um, that just opened. Well, it's, it's their processing facility. Mm-hmm. They were running 700 bottles a minute of wine, and they weren't even breaking a sweat. They, had a, they, didn't even, they weren't at full capacity even. Um, and when you look at the, the whole process there, with 300 full-time employees and another 50 part-time temps and that doing different things. Um, it's incredible because you go from the production side to the logistics side. And mm-hmm. it's the only difference is, is there's a wall. It's the same building. Mm-hmm. And now the trucks are lining up outside and now you're on logistics, but logistics technically is a whole other industry sector, except it's connected directly to manufacturing. So, um, we have to look across these funky industry sectors. You know, medical medical manufacturing lands in in healthcare. 
but it's manufacturing. They're just manufacturing parts for a heart pump. I saw that yesterday. So um, it's amazing what, you know, the, the like you said, the impact on the local economy between the truck drivers and the folks doing the labels and this and that. Um, and people are retiring, so we need to. Got to keep those people coming into the system. Yep. Keep drinking wine, folks. Yep. Keep drinking or, that California wine. California, California wine. Is all? Yeah. yeah. We're in California. It's okay for us to say that. Absolutely. It's good stuff. So um gonna gonna go really big picture here and um let you um embellish a little bit. Um if you're wildly successful, I mean wildly successful, what is what does this area look like in five years? What did you accomplish? Oh man, let me embellish. <clears throat> so um I come out of a K-12 high school teaching background with parents that were teachers. Um, and if I pull this off and the rest of this team pulls this off, it's not just me because there's multiple people involved here, um, what you're going to see in the Sacramento region is destinations that are called apprenticeships. Um, that's kind of how I've, I've tried to, to describe it. If you create, if you build it, they will come. So if you can create destinations that are formal apprenticeships at employers, there's a trickle down that those apprenticeships are visible and valuable and well thought of just like a college degree is. And some of them may include a college degree, and that's great because I think it's important to to at least get an, an associate's degree or significant time at a community college because all the data shows us that if you leave high school and that's the last time you set foot in a classroom and that's the last certificate educationally that you receive, you're gonna you're gonna make a lot less money over time because the skill training happens at the community colleges. Um, those of us who have four-year degrees, we know that that's great, good. Then that's why I'm in education because I'm on the education side and I needed those degrees for that. But for a, a skilled trade of some sort in an occupation, you really need community college access and training in whatever form it may take. So if we create what I'd like to create, we have multiple apprenticeships in the region at large employers and small employers in manufacturing. There'll be a trickle over effect. I spoke with our healthcare folks today in terms of EMTs and paramedics. We can create apprenticeships out of that. We can create apprenticeships out of um, just about anything, actually. It's just a training model. It doesn't matter what the occupation hmm. is. And if it becomes visible to high school kids and middle school kids and their parents and the counselors and the teachers and the administrators, it's much easier to create career technical education programs at the, at the high school level and maintain them because we know that those kids are going to get jobs. They're going to get good paying jobs. Community colleges are receiving lots of funding for career technical education, so let's use that wisely and connect it to employment. And an apprenticeship is the half of the apprenticeship is because they're employed. It's it, there's we're, there's a job attached to that training. So Instead of just doing training for training's sake and hoping you get a job and hoping you get placement, why don't we back that up a little bit and create an apprenticeship where you do the training and get paid and you earn while you learn and it creates a different attitude about um, everybody needs to go to college. Hmm. And that worked for me, but you know what? Um, college is much more expensive than when I went to college. Yeah. So <laughs> if we can create these destinations that include some college and skill building – 
and an apprenticeship and a job and a career that pays well, that helps the employer because they have a better trained employee. That helps the employee because they've got skills that they learned at a community college. They want to go back and get an AA degree or, or move on. That's great. And it helps the, the, the secondary level, the K-12 level, to explain to their students why you're taking algebra, geometry, or trigonometry mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. those skills, you may not need them to go to college. I mean, you do. But trigonometry and geometry are integral to manufacturing depending mm-hmm. on what the skill set is. So let's make it more realistic, make it more identifiable, and make it a formal destination. So Yeah. Well, it, it seems like um... – you know, whenever there's been one kind of reoccurring theme with everybody I talk to that talks about manufacturing, and that's that once people see it, yeah, they think it's cool. Yeah. But before they see it, they picture some, you know, dangy, dark building with, you know, dirt all over the floor and smoke, you know. I've seen that rise too, off. but yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, they picture that that really just – that mm-hmm. kind of 1920s industrial revolution. You that's know. where my grandfathers worked <clears throat> as a machinist and welder fabricators. That's that's where they worked. See, it's it's amazing <clears throat> that that brand is uh, what a strong brand. It's lasted yeah. 100 years. It's it's still here. I wish I could have asked them. I got into this too late to ask them were they apprentices. I'm pretty sure they were at some mm. way, form or another. But unfortunately, I never got to ask them that. So, um, you know, when you go visit some of the real manufacturing, it's clean. Yeah. No dirt. Yeah, no dirt. And it's um you watch the machines, you watch the automation, you watch what's going on, the software, the things they're doing with those systems there. It's just it's all very fascinating, very exciting. Yeah. So it's stuff that I think as we can get more and more people, like you mentioned, even K through twelve, I think seeing and understanding mm-hmm. that this is an option, especially in communities that maybe don't perform well for college yeah. graduation, that would be a, a really a huge benefit. So is there anything that I failed to ask you about? Cause I know we're, we're coming up on the end of our, our time here. Is there anything that I failed to ask you about that you wanted to talk about today? Not too much. I think we explained kind of what we've been doing here at American River college. Um, I think folks just need to understand that we're, you know, sometimes in education, we, we have not paid attention in the past we're paying attention now and we're trying to be as nimble and flexible as we possibly can within the constraints that we have. Um, but don't, don't give up on education in terms of working with us. We, we really need employers to come tell us what to do. And I know that there's been fr- frustration in the past. Um, but we're, we're really trying to make sure that we make a, a legitimate, good common sense approach to training that's going to help employers make more money. Great. I think that's a a really sound way to describe what you're trying to accomplish. So in terms of uh, where can people go to contact you and and help out or learn more about what what you've got going on? Well, we actually have a website. It's uh, the the bigger brand, I guess, of this apprenticeship program uh, or this grant is called the California Advanced Manufacturing Apprenticeship Collaborative. And it's was named that because we knew that we were going to get outside of Northern California at some point. So we are actually even working with Southern folks in Southern California in the aerospace to extend our reach down there to help support some apprenticeships there. We have a website. It's at www.kmac. So C-A-M-A-C. So California Advanced Manufacturing Apprenticeship Collaborative. C-A-M-A-C dot U-S. 
and they can reach me. Uh, my best way is an email. So Dunn, D-U-N-N-J. So for John Dunn at arc.losrios.edu. Um, I believe I'm on the website too. So, or call American River College and ask for the apprenticeship guy. I think that's who they're going to call. That's me. the official title. Apprenticeship guy. The apprenticeship guy. That's what you're known for around the campus. I, in, yeah. Like here comes well, the apprenticeship guy. It, it kind of is that way sometimes. <laughs> now that they've heard about it, I, they, I won't shut up about it. So Cool. Well, you're, you're doing a really good job of awareness. A number of people that I've spoken with um, are aware of what you're doing. They're excited about it. They're participating. They're getting involved. It's a lot of good signs. So good. appreciate the work that you're doing to, to push things forward here in the Northern California and beyond. Yep. So thank you very much. And thank you for spending time on the Manufacturing Advocates podcast. I think this is going to be, is this episode seven? Seven, good. I think it's episode seven. It was fun to do. I appreciate it. Thanks. Very good. Well, thank you for uh, everything, John, and thank you for listening, and have a wonderful day.